that and proclaim excuse me to claim that and proclaim that as we keep singing you are a child of God you are not forsaken and you are who he says you are so raise your voice as we continue singing I am chosen not forsaken I am who you say I am you
Can we give our God a hand? What a great God. Let's give our God a hand this morning. You may be seated, please. This morning, we're, uh, we have a, a baptism. This is Katie Conkel, and I want you to hear her story before she gets baptized here this morning. Hi, I'm Katie Conkle, and this is my story. I am nine years old in fourth grade, and I go to Ringgold Elementary North. I have been coming to this church with my mom, my dad, and my sister Cassie almost my whole life. I love coming to this church on Sunday mornings and going to Clubhouse Kids on Wednesday nights. When I was about four years old in Mrs. Metcalf's Sunday school classroom, I learned how Jesus died on the cross for everyone's sins and how he could make my heart clean by believing in him. So that day, I asked him into my heart. Since then, I pray with my family every day. A few weeks ago, I told two of my classmates how Jesus died on the cross for them. I wanted to get baptized for a few years now, but my mom and dad wanted to make sure I was ready and understood exactly what it meant. Now I'm finally ready. That is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Isn't that awesome? We, uh, we, we are so thankful this morning. This is Jim and Chris Conkle, they, uh, the, the two of them up here, p- proud parents of their daughter. And isn't it great to see families that are raising their children to follow the Lord? Uh, let's rejoice this morning. She wants to move faster than I am. And obedient and based upon your profession of faith and in obedience to the Lord's command, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of Christ's death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. We're so thankful this morning, Katie, for your walk with God and that you're growing and knowing him at such a young age. We're thankful for you as parents to raise your children to know and love the Lord. Let's give our God one more applause. Man, what a, what a morning so far. Can we just uh, thank God for the morning we've had so far? And it's not done. Come on. So if you would uh, pass the friendship folders, if you're in the inside out, just reach in front of you and grab the, the little navy blue book and sign it and pass it down the aisle. We appreciate that. We're, we know we have guests with us this morning. It's a privilege to have you with us this morning here at Crossroads. My name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's just such a privilege to to just worship the Lord with you this morning. And, and so I have a few things to highlight. One, if you're new, um, I know there's a lot of you. Would you please just let us know you're here? And you can even just say, hey, I'm new, or I'm checking things out, or I'm here to you know, know somebody or whatever your deal is at the Next Steps Welcome Area. We have something to give you for free and just to say thanks for joining us and checking things out and for just even being a guest. We just, we really love you and we, we pray for you guys. And so we're just really humbled to, to do life with you this morning. And a few things to highlight, if you look in your bulletin, there's a lot of information, but a few things is if you're bringing the Operation Christmas Child boxes, please fill those up, fill up those boxes and put a a rubber band, I'm from Chicago, put a gum band if you're from Pittsburgh, around it, and then bring it into the lobby across from the coat rack and uh, put it in there. And this week is the collection week. 
Even if you're a guest, feel free to grab a box as you leave. I think there's only a few left. 700 boxes, people. Us as our church, we tackled 700 boxes. Can we just thank God for that? Yep. And one other thing I want to, two other things I want to highlight is one, after the second service today in room 207, uh, there's going to be a Haiti mission trip interest meeting. And so they're going to talk over, answer questions and talk over the kind of the general schedule for the mission trip and how to raise support or, you know, all that stuff. And how much does a trip cost and all that. And so if you're interested and even just wanting to know more information, uh, please, please join us. It's going to be a great time and and, and very informative. And if you have any questions or even like I'm kind of, Maybe thinking, not exactly sure, this is for you. So please show up. It's going to be in 207. That's going to be a Haiti mission trip we have coming up soon. So um, one thing, on uh, November 21st, we're going to be having our Thanksgiving Eve service. So it's going to be a night of song, of testimony, and of communion right here at 7 o'clock in the auditorium on November 21st. And so join us for evening of that and then next day with your family. So we're really excited to just have our church family all together. And if you're new, man, you are invited to join us. It's going to be a great night. It's one of my favorite nights and one of the things we do here at Cross. Roads. So, guys, we just got a lot of things happening, and I'm excited to have Eric McElvenny, uh, one of our veterans here at Crossroads Marine, and he um, is my cousin-in-law. So I've, we've coined that word. You know, it's, it's our thing. It's cool. Uh, but we're excited to have him share with us this morning just the message that God has laid in his heart. And so at this time, I'd like to invite Pastor Ken up to talk about the birthday gift of Jesus. It's dawning in our church. Isn't it wonderful? To see our young people coming to Christ and growing in Christ and just to, just to see all that God is moving. And uh, God is definitely on the move in this place. Uh, the birthday gift of Jesus. Every year, so many people are new to Crossroads this year. And I just want to explain to everybody what the birthday gift of Jesus is all about. We try to take Christmas and make Jesus number one at Christmas time. So, you know, we, we encourage gift giving. I think it's great. It's fun. I have fun with my family. We give gifts. We have a whole lot of fun. But we also encourage gift giving to Jesus and make our gift to Jesus number one. Make, it's his birthday, right? It's all about him. So uh, we have a list. If you look inside of your bulletin, there's a, there's a list there. It says birthday gift to Jesus. And uh, I'd like to encourage you to begin to pray over that. And as you look through that list, there, you'll see there's $83,000 worth of projects on there. As God supplies the funds, we're able to meet needs from missionaries. And these missionaries will send us letters back saying, hey, you never, you'll never know I was in need of that, and your church sent me $1,000 out of nowhere or $2,000 out of nowhere or whatever. And so God keeps supplying. He keeps giving. So as God gives to us and we give to the world, it's so powerful. One missionary that would like to highlight, we're going to highlight a different missionary each week throughout the next few weeks but one, of the, one missionary is this lady, these two ladies here. This is Kathy Galker and Alice. And uh, Kathy and Alice are two ladies that grew up here in uh, Uniontown. And uh, Kathy happens to be Tracy Mulhorn, who comes to this church. Tracy's about 30 years old, attends our church. And I was sitting in a life group, and Tracy Mulhorn says in a life group, yeah, my aunt is a missionary to Haiti. I said, your aunt's a missionary to Haiti, and you've been holding out on me all this time, right? And so that, this, these two ladies, what, Kathy is her aunt, these two ladies went to Haiti 41 years ago. And they have been there ever since. Is that not amazing? These two single women went down there and started an orphanage. They started a school. And, you know, it's powerful what God can do with your hands. You, you say, these are my hands. These are my feet. Lord, use me, right? So these two ladies, they felt impassioned about it. They, they said, we are going. 
And so they got on a plane, they went down to Haiti, they made the connections, they started an orphanage. Today they have over 120 kids in their school and orphanage together. Isn't that powerful? And uh, when, when you hear people like that, 41 years. So these are the people that we're going to be, and you see them in action there as, they te- as they're teaching the kids. And you'll see a few other pictures coming up here of the, the Haitian children. I want you to know, as you look over that list, God is using our church to reach the orphans in Haiti. And uh, and he's using you. So as you give to this, everything that goes to the birthday gift of Jesus all goes to the missionaries. Uh, Everything on that list, you see exactly where it goes. And everything that comes over and above it goes to missionaries. So last year, we went way over. And it was super exciting. And if we go over again this year, we'll continue to give that all to missions. It doesn't go to the working budget here at the church. It is over and above. And so isn't it exciting to be a part of a church that that sees the world a little bit bigger than ourselves? You know, we're, we're involved with something that's bigger than I am, that's bigger than you are. It's bigger than we are. We're involved with changing orphans in Haiti. We're changing orphans' lives in the Philippines. We're helping missionaries all over the world. You look in there, there's, there's missionaries in Ireland. There's missionaries in the Czechoslovakia. And so we're, we're just, we we're, have our touch all over the world. And so I just want to encourage you, as you begin to give, next week we'll start having our thermometer up, and you'll see as, as we start approaching the goal and I want you to pray. Number one, pray that we as a church will hit the goal. And number two, pray about your part. Ask God, what would he have you to give personally? Uh, my, my family, that's what we do. We sit down and we pray. Say, God, look at all these missionaries on this list. What part do you want us to have? And my kids, now my kids are of, uh, you know, they're adult children now. They have real jobs. And as those real jobs, they come out, you know, well, one has a real job. The other one's still Chick-fil-A, right? But, uh, you know, she's still working that out. And she's trying to figure that out. But Chick-fil-A is a real job too, folks, all right? Don't get me wrong. But as she's into her career mind and not, not just a temporary job, both of them are already praying and they're saying, God, what do you want me to give? How, how can I help? And, I, and here's what I always tell my kids. I always answer my kids with this. We have a few that lost their way. Welcome our children this morning, you know. <laughs> That's Katie. Katie, she just got baptized. Let's give her a hand. Thank you, Katie. But I always tell my kids, you can never outgive the Lord. And I, I dare you to try it. You can't outgive the Lord. And what a great opportunity, because as we give it, this isn't benefiting the church. This is benefiting orphans and everybody around the world. So we, we challenge you to begin to pray about your part and see what God will do this year as we approach the uh, Christmas season. I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward this morning. What a great day. It's exciting here, isn't it? Uh, boy, I'll tell you, you're, you're in for a treat this morning. It's, it's, we're excited about what God's been doing here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you, and we are so thankful for the opportunity and the privilege it is that we have to give. Lord, we thank you that you gave, you gave it all to us. You went to the cross, you gave us eternal life, and now, God, we, we have this opportunity to come back to you and give to you. So, Lord, it is our joy and our privilege uh, for those that are regular in the grace of giving, Lord, that uh, as we come and, and we, we exercise uh, this, this joy this morning, this gift that we are able to give to you, we thank you as we give it to you with joyful hearts. Lord, be, be at work here in Finleyville, Pittsburgh, and around the globe, Lord, as we give to your name this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. 
As you give this morning, well, we'd like to just introduce our speaker this morning. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of a series entitled The Real God, and uh, I hope you've been enjoying it. We've been looking at all the character of God. So we looked at the goodness of God. We looked at the sovereignty of God. And uh, next week, we're going to be looking at the love and the justice of God. So it's, it's an exciting series that we're in the middle of, and I want to invite you back for that next Sunday. But uh, this morning, I've, uh, I've, because it is Veterans Day, you know, today is Veterans Day, actual Veterans Day, the 11th this morning, uh, and it's the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I, correct? 100th anniversary today, the end of World War I. And um, so this morning, I thought, wow, what a great opportunity we have to have one of our own veterans speak. So I've asked Eric McElvenny, who is uh, who's a member of our church, He's growing in Christ. He has an incredible story. And I've asked you today to invite a veteran. So this morning, would you welcome one of our own veterans as he shares the message this morning, Eric McElvenny. Hey, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for the introduction. Thanks for not laughing while I almost just toppled off the stage. That would have been a bad start, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's an honor to be here, a special honor to be here and up, up here on stage on Veterans Day to get to honor uh, the veterans that we have among us and veterans and their families and, and friends and just a, a community. It really is a community sacrifice when, when someone swears to defend the Constitution of the United States. So we have some veterans with us today. All right, we have a couple. How about that? There we go. Uh, well, I, I, yesterday, November 10th, was, was our birthday. Do we have any Marines with us? Oh, Semper Fi, yeah. yeah we turned, uh, I turned 243 years old yesterday. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty good stuff. But I actually had the privilege of going to a Marine Corps birthday ball last night, so I got to put on my uniform, which means I had to get my hair cut, and I, I went into a Barber Friday, I went into the Barber Friday, and I, I walked in like I owned the place, and I would go in, and I sit down, and I'm like, hey, give me a medium reg, like he, I don't know, that's what I used to say in the Marine Corps, right, and he kind of mess, started messing around a little bit, and then he said, I have no idea what that means, man, <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't know, just shave up the sides, make me look tough, I don't, I don't know, so I don't know if it worked or not, but uh, it, was, it was really cool yesterday being able to put on that uniform and now being a little bit higher and tighter than, than, I, than I usually am, it, it feels good, uh, but now I get to be here uh, with you and, and to honor veterans, and I'm going to just step, step into, into the story. I grew up in the Mon Valley, I went to, to Bell Vernon area school, high school, played baseball and football there, and I've always been someone who just loves sports. Still am. I like all kinds of sports. Uh, but baseball and football, they're kind of my, my favorites. And because I love sports so much, I, I had to make school a priority because that was my mom's role. <laughs> and my mom is here with us. You here? Where are you at, Mom? I just want to embarrass you real quick. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I messed I messed up. I didn't tell her that I was speaking today, <laughs> and, and she still showed up. I don't know. <laughs> it's the, the mom network that used to get me in trouble when I was young. Still is at, at work, and it got me in trouble again, so I'm not going to win Son of the Year award, so that's still up for grabs. If anyone's going for that, I'm definitely not getting that one this year, uh, but thank you for coming. 
And thanks for making school a priority in my life because it was a school assignment that had an impact on me that really kind of changed the direction in which I was going. Uh, I, in the eighth grade, I had to do a career research report. What do you want to be when you grow up? And we were not allowed to choose professional sports. I wasn't allowed to be a professional athlete. So I went home and I asked my parents, and mom, I don't, I don't remember what you said. I looked at my dad. And, and he said, I'll never forget, he said, you should check out the military. Then he said, the Marines are the first to fight. And that sounded, that sounded cool to me at that time. And uh, truth is, at this time in the mid-90s, out of all the branches of service, the Marine Corps had the best commercials on television. <laughs> so so that's, I was drawn to that. And, you know, a guy scaling a mountain and slaying a dragon and then putting on the coolest looking dress blue uniform that I've ever seen. So I'm, I'm going to be a Marine when I grow up. Or I'm, I'm going to do this report on the Marine Corps. And truth is, at this time in my life, young guy, very active, loving sports, I used to look at our professional athletes. I looked up to them. They were my heroes. They were the ones that I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, until this assignment, until this assignment, because throughout this assignment, uh, I learned uh, about the heroes and the stories and the valor from the Marine Corps, but from the military in general. I learned a little about sacrifice and what, what that is. I learned what it meant to, to go ahead and, and raise that right hand and swear to defend the Constitution and the men and women in the past that have done that. And uh, I, I think it's so cool in this room. We, I mean, we have veterans from a lot of different eras and generations. And, um, and you know, it goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War where... Uh, had a group of uh, men and women who, who stood up and, and uh, against all odds, uh, against the British military that's so strong, they, they fought for our freedom and for our, for our liberty. And we have any Revolutionary War veterans with us today? Yeah. I don't know. Kenny always points out that the back row is, is a little bit more uh, experienced than us. Sometimes you never know if we go all the way back there. But uh, I, so you go Revolutionary War, you know, go, through, go through the Civil War, which is tough. It's, it's hard to see that, but it ends with the abolishment of slavery and then to World War I. And then our veterans who fought in World War I, uh, trench warfare in France. I uh, you know, can't, can't imagine it. The ones that, that, that signed up went over. Uh, the ones lucky enough to come home were changed were changed uh, because of what they dealt with and, and what they saw, and, and uh, that, that, is, that is sacrifice. And you move forward to, to, the, to World War II when, when we were attacked on our own soil, and, and again, the nation comes together, and people sign up and say, you know what, I want to go, I want to go and be a part of this and, and fight for, for our freedom. And we also fight against a very evil man in Nazi Germany, and, and the greatest generation, you know, they did it. Those veterans are, are, are special. Do we have any World War II veterans with us? That. Thank you. Thank you for your service. I continue to move forward through the Korean War. My grandfather fought in the Korean War. And I was with a gentleman last week who fought in, in the Korean War and the Chosen Reservoir, the frozen Chosen Reservoir. And he was telling me stories that, and man, my mind was blown, fighting in, in negative 30-degree temperatures, and it felt like negative 70-degree temperatures. Uh, man, this morning, I didn't want to walk out to my car because it was in the low 30s. And for, the, for them to, to, to be doing that, that sacrifice, man, I just... I just I can't even imagine that. And you move forward to, to Vietnam and probably have some Vietnam veterans with us. Yeah? All right. Thank you. And Vietnam veterans, 
when when you guys came home, you didn't uh, get that hero's welcome that you deserve. So welcome home. Thank you for your service. And we continue to move forward. Uh, the first Gulf War. I remember being being young in the third grade when when this was when this was going on. Again, our country stands up, and the pride and the flag became so important. We had these little yellow streamers that we put on our car, and and uh, I remember in school we put again putting together care packages to send to the troops. I don't know why. I, I, I remember putting frisbees in there. I don't know. I don't, they didn't need frisbees. <laughs> in hindsight, we could have sent something cool. But it, again, we came together and guys stood up and, and went to fight for our country and continue to move forward into OIF uh, and OEF, Iraq and Afghanistan. It was the war that, uh, that, uh, I, that I had the opportunity to be a part of. Uh, and in between, in between all those those bigger conflicts, you have the smaller conflicts all over the world, and there is peacetime. And I'm I'm coming at it. I'm standing up here on a prosthetic leg, and so when I'm walking down the street, people recognize that as sacrifice. And I'm here to tell you that wasn't uh, that wasn't the biggest sacrifice that I made. Uh, I, I will never forget my first deployment when I was getting ready to leave. It was the middle of the night, and I walked over to my daughter's crib, and she was almost two years old and had to reach over and, and kiss her on the head, uh, leaving, leaving my family for that first time. Now that, that, is, that is sacrifice. Not knowing exactly where I was going, not knowing exactly when I was coming home or if or, or what. You know, that, that is the sacrifice that all of our veterans, no matter which era, which generation, uh, what conflict or during peacetime, that is a sacrifice that our veterans make is sacrifice time away from your family, your loved ones, time away during, during holidays. Uh, that is, um, you know, that needs to be recognized and it's so cool to be here and to be able to recognize um, those sacrifices with you today. Uh, so at, at that point, after I, I did that report, you know, I no longer, I, I think professional athletes are great. I think they are and they work hard to get where, where they are. Uh, but I didn't look up to them as much as I looked up to our military veterans. And I knew, I knew that I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to serve as a Marine when I grew up. And I grew up because that's what happens, unfortunately. I wish I was a kid. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. But I grew up. Uh, I went to the United States Naval Academy. Great place, great place. I played rugby. If you like to hit people, you should check it out. Rugby's a lot of fun. I studied mechanical engineering, uh, and glad I did, because the most important thing that happened to me there is that I met my wife, uh, and that's, yeah, I promised her I wouldn't talk about her today, <laughs> so this has to be short, because I'm going to get in trouble. But she's the one on the left, up there. And <laughs> she was also studying mechanical engineering, and hey, I'm a Marine. I wasn't that smart. I would go to her for help in my coursework. And because I thought she was really cute. <laughs> but we graduated. I became a Marine Corps infantry officer. She became a naval surface warfare officer. Uh, we had our daughter, got married, started moving, uh, moved out to the West Coast and started deploying. We did five deployments. I did three, she did two, uh, like kind of one after the other. We were raising our daughter. It was fast and furious, chaotic time, uh, but something we both look back on and we're proud that, that we had the privilege of doing that. And uh, it was my, my third deployment that I'm going to talk about. It was a trip to Afghanistan, Helmand Province, Afghanistan. And my job, I led a small team of, of five guys. And we were embedded into an Afghan 
army infantry company of 120 soldiers. So this, this Afghanistan company, our job was to train and mentor and advise these, these guys during combat operations. And where I was, I was in Helmand province in Afghanistan. It was a farming district. Uh, it, was, it, I mean, it was crazy. A lot different than what I was used to. They didn't have running water or electricity. Uh, but it was cool. I felt like I was doing something larger than myself when I was on the ground because the villagers in the, the pl- villages that we were operating in, they wanted us there. And their kids had an opportunity to go to a school that a year prior they didn't have this opportunity to do. So I felt like I was doing something larger than myself, uh, operating for a couple months, three and a half months. And then on December 9th in 2011, my life changed. The day started like a normal day. Woke up early, about 4.30, did some final preparation to go on a patrol. And this, this patrol, we'd be walking around one of the villages. It was myself and my corpsman, our medic. Uh, do we have any Navy corpsmen with us today? <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Navy corpsmen, Navy corpsmen, our Army medics, man, th- those are the ones. I know as a Marine, we had to have these really tight haircuts, and then our Navy corpsmen would walk around with a little bit longer hair just because they could, and we'd, we'd all, always kind of make fun of them, but we were just jealous because they were allowed to have a little bit longer of hair. But when, when things start to get chaotic, those are the people that, uh, that you really want on your side. So thank you. So uh, we were going on this patrol, the two of us with a group of Afghan soldiers, and then there were two Marine units, and we were out there doing this patrol, uh, just walking around, talking to a lot of the villagers, being a presence in that village, and it was about a five-hour patrol, and every time I tell this story, that patrol gets a little bit longer, <laughs> so I could, I could do that, right? That's my story. Uh, we're finishing up this patrol, uh, and it's, you know, just a, it was a long, it was a long six-hour patrol as we're heading back. <laughs> Well, uh, it's as long as I, you know, I was carrying, you know, just a, a minimum minimum amount of weight is probably fifty or sixty pounds, and it's just it's heavy. And I was probably on the lighter side. You know, the Marines rocking around a lot more than that. And we're finishing up, and as we're heading back to our patrol base, I stepped on an IED uh, hidden in the ground, an improvised explosive device, and I triggered an explosion underneath me. Uh, I remember the experience very vividly. Uh, and what I what I saw, uh, really, you know, it's kind of etched in my mind, and you know, a lot of it's it's really a lot of it's really good. Um, but the first part was tough. I stepped on the ID and it was just a very very violent force that picked me up and threw me to the ground. My ears were ringing, a very high pitched ringing sound, so loud I couldn't hear anything else. Uh, life was in slow motion. I felt like I was underwater because I couldn't hear anything else and everything was in slow motion. Uh, I felt wetness on my left leg up pretty high, uh, not with my hands because I had gloves on. I just felt that sensation. I didn't, I didn't feel pain. I didn't feel any pain yet. And slowly things started coming back to me. You know, the smells, all the senses kick in. I smelled chemicals. Um, I, I tasted the dirt and the dust that was in my mouth and I was trying to open my eyes. And you know, I started to realize, like, I'm in, I'm in Afghanistan. And I'm, I'm laying on my back, and the sky no longer is a beautiful blue sky. It's, it's full of, of smoke and dust, and that's when I put it together. I just stepped on an IED. And we had been operating for three and a half months, and we saw a lot of IEDs. And the, in the two days previous to this, we found 13 IEDs in the ground. So I, just, I knew that's, that w- that's what happened. Uh, I knew that I was bleeding, and I wasn't feeling pain. And uh, I thought that might be it. And a couple thoughts went through my head. Uh, first thought, I thought I was going to get to go to heaven. 
and it wasn't a scary thought. It's just that's kind of I, I accepted it. Maybe I prepared myself for it, but I was like, I guess I get to go check out heaven. And then immediately after that, I thought about my wife and my daughter. I just kind of pictured them, and that's when I got scared. Uh, and as I'm thinking about them, my corpsman came running up to me. Uh, all of that probably took 10 seconds, maybe 12, maybe less. I don't know. It felt like three hours, but it just it went, you know, it was about 10 seconds or so, and he came running over to me. Basically, as soon as the dust settled, he came running over to me. Uh, he, he wasn't supposed to do that. Uh, you're not supposed to run through an uncleared minefield. And if I just stepped on an IED, there's probably another one around. But he put my life above his. Uh, that's, that's, that's sacrifice. He came running over to me, and he started working on me, and he started taking care of me. Because that's what we do. We take care of each other. Uh, and the Marines in the area, they were there as well. Someone immediately stepped up. Sergeant Tina Harrow, he stepped up and took charge. I, I was technically the senior ranking Marine. Just immediately he steps up, takes charge, and starts making things happen. One, one group of Marines, they get up and they go provide security so the, t- the Taliban can't come and mess with us as they're trying to get me out of there. Uh, another group goes to find a place for a helicopter to land because they knew, hey, I'm going to have to call in a helicopter. And, uh, they had to make sure that the ground, there weren't IEDs. When, when that thing landed. Uh, so they're out there doing that. Uh, another corpsman comes working on me, and just everyone, every Marine on the ground and Navy corpsman, um, everyone had a job, everyone had a responsibility, and everyone did it. And if someone found themselves a little bit unengaged, they found a way to add value to the team, to a mission, and the mission changed to, to saving my life, and everyone was just was, was very actively involved, putting, putting my life ahead of theirs. As we're laying there, I heard the worst sound that I could hear at that time. Another explosion. 20 meters behind me. Didn't have to look. I knew another Marine triggered an IED. One of the guys that was looking for a place for a helicopter to land, uh, he stepped on an IED. I heard him scream out in pain. One corpsman that was with me, Doc Enos, he gets up immediately and just sprints over to him. Again, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, Uncleared minefield. Already two IEDs. He didn't care. That Marine's life was more important to him than, than his own. And he sprints over there. My corpsman calls someone over to me to make sure I'm taken care of. Then he gets up and he sprints over there trying to run in the footsteps of the other one. And I, again, that Marine's life was more important to him than, than his own. And that, man, that is sacrifice. That's character. That's action right there. Next, next thing I know, uh, helicopter. Helicopters are coming. And as they're getting closer... We start to get shot at. So this bad day that just got worse, now it gets worse again. And technically, not, we didn't want to bring the helicopter in, so the sergeant in charge calls him off, says, you can't land, we're getting shot at. And the pilot, again, I don't know, I don't know who it was, but he put our lives, the lives of two Marines who had been injured before his own. And he comes in anyway into a hot LZ and lands. And they put myself and Lance Corporal Matthew Miller onto this helicopter and it takes off. It was about a seven-minute flight from where we were to surgical facility. And I'll never forget the flight because it was myself, Lance Corporal Miller, uh, Matthew Miller. He young guy, 19 years old. It was his first deployment. It was my third deployment. Uh, and we have the same injury. Um, same amount of pain and we're both laying there just I'm internal I'm thinking about myself and my my leg and this this kind of stinks and there's a crew chief in between he starts counting down as we're getting approaching landing and he says we have 30 seconds 30 seconds total landing 25 seconds 20 seconds and at that point Matthew Miller looks over at me and he says sir you first 
and I'll never forget, like, as if let them take you off the helicopter first. I can hold on a little bit longer. So him, in his struggle, in his pain, was able to look around and realize that there was someone else in need. Uh, again, again, that, that, uh, that amazed me. And, and when, when he said that, it's like, wow, that's, you know, that's special. That's character. That's sacrifice. That's, um, you know, that's, 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 that's love right there. You know, we, we recognize each other as brothers. And I think it's important. I use that now. I use that a lot now. Uh, especially in a world where a lot of times we're thinking about ourselves and what's in it for me. It's important to be able to do that and look around, even when we're struggling, look around and and realize that there's other people, that there's other people in their own struggles that that we can be a part of their life and part of their journey. We can encourage and help them along. So I think that was was amazing that he said that. Helicopter landed, uh, went into surgery. I woke up after surgery and I was missing my right leg below the knee. I had bandages all over my left leg and arm, and uh, I was in bad shape, uh, but, but I was alive. I was alive, and really, kind of, this starts, this starts the, the next journey. A uh, few things that really pop up to me, pop out to me at, from that incident is, one, you know, as a Marine, uh, as a Marine officer, as a husband, as a father, as just a person living in this world, I felt the need to be in control a lot. And I thought I was in control. And when I stepped on that IED, man, it was just a force, a violent force that picked me up and threw me to the ground. And as I was laying there, I realized, like, I am not in control. And God is, God is in control. And uh, that, you know, <laughs> to, to me, that, that experience is almost a physical representation of, of me realizing I am, I am not the one in control. God is... God is in control. And the next thing is, uh, I was explaining to this to someone, kind of in detail, what, what I just did. And their question was, how did you know, when you thought you were going to die, how did you know that you were going to go to heaven? And uh, I was like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a good question. Well, I, I knew that I was going to go to heaven because of what Jesus did for me and for you. What Jesus did for us, he sacrificed and, uh, and died on the cross. Uh, for us, so that when we die, we can we can continue relationship with God, and we get to live in heaven for eternity. And because because I'm a Christian, you know that that's because I, I believe in Jesus. I I know that when I do die, I'm I'm going to get to go to heaven. Uh, so I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. That that's that's where my thought went when I thought that there was a chance that that uh, that I was dying. Uh, I. That, so that was the, that was the hard part. Uh, I want to be a little bit more uplifting now, uh, but I just wanted to to really share that story in, in detail because of the men on the ground that were were doing what they did, that were putting their lives at risk for someone else and for a cause and for this. And uh, I just I think it's important to know. And that's just that's just my story. In that story, you know, there's like. There's like 50 heroes, and in, in just in that story, and uh, and throughout the veterans here in the, in our room and in in the community, everyone has stories very similar to that. And um, you know, some people don't talk about those stories, but uh, that's why, you know, especially today, I want to honor everyone on Veterans Day. So, uh, you know, whether whether you're in combat, whether you're doing it that way, whether it's during peace, you know, there there is that that sacrifice, and you know that you're making a sacrifice when when you're swearing to defend the Constitution. Uh, moving forward, moving forward. Um, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans eight twenty eight, in all things, God works for the good for those who love Him. 
know, it's, you know, bad things happen, right? You know, because I'm a Christian doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen. That, that happened. Uh, but what it means is God's going to give me strength to, to move forward. Uh, and, and he did. He's going to work for the good. You know, this seemed bad, but it, it could turn out good, especially if I'm, I'm available and, and willing. Um, God, you know, God works in amazing ways, and it's cool to look back on our experiences and see where God was throughout that story. Uh, but man, was he prevalent, and it's, what really jumps out to me is the people that he put into my life um, in, in important times. And the first first person is here. Her name is Lupe. Uh, and Lupe, she was five years old when I was injured. That's Lupe uh, a couple years ago. Uh, she was in, in kindergarten when I was injured. And my wife, my wife, on December 9th in 2011, I don't know what the time change was, but it was nighttime, and she got a phone call. She got a phone call, and she missed the phone call because she kind of misses every phone call. <laughs> that's a, sometimes I don't know why she has a phone, but that's a, she listened to the voicemail. She called him back. It was some someone with headquarters Marine Corps, and they told her your husband has been injured. He's in critical critical condition, and he lost one of his legs. Uh, we'll get back to you with more information. And they talk, and she got some details throughout the night. And the next morning, she decides to tell Lupe, and she sits Lupe down and says, "Lupe, Daddy got hurt at work." Daddy lost one of his legs. Daddy's coming home. We need to be there to support him. And Lupe quickly asked the question. She said, well, when, when is Daddy coming home? And my wife said, he's going to be home in about five or six days. And Lupe takes about 10 seconds to process all of this information. And then she smiles. And she says, Daddy's going to be home for Christmas. And I thought that was so cool because what was such a negative event for me and my wife and my parents and my, my friends, uh, my little five-year-old daughter just so purely pulled something positive from that situation. And I, I don't know what's better, having a leg or being home for Christmas. But you know, that whole having a leg thing, that was gone. Instead of her focusing on that, she focused on something, on something positive. And I was on my way back. I was in Germany when my wife told me that was her response. And, and I... I thought that was so cool that I realized that's, that's the type of person that I want to be around. That's the type of person that I want to be, that person that could look at that, any situation and, and, and see the blessings in it and, and see the positive in it. And I asked myself, how did she do that? It's like a kid's way of thinking, right? You know, where did that come from? But really what that was, that was just her being grateful for what she still had and she still had in me. And that's something that we can all do. Well, we can focus on gratitude and being grateful for the blessings in, in our lives. And I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for this left leg. I, did not, I didn't like my left leg until I lost my right one. Now I love this thing. This thing is, this thing is sweet, I'll tell you. Uh, my, my prosthetics, I'm grateful for that. I get to do a lot of really cool stuff. And, you know, I probably trick a lot of people when I wear pants. <laughs> did, I, did I trick anyone here today? <laughs> yeah. Uh, these prosthetics are awesome. I'm grateful that I had the privilege of serving our country as a Marine. That's something I wanted to do for a long time, something that I had the, the privilege of doing. And I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be here at church today and, and uh, to be able to speak and thank veterans, especially on, on Veterans Day. So there's a lot of things to be grateful for. Uh, I also had uh, a lot of other people in my life, and it's, it's kind of funny. You know, we take care of each other, right? Uh, it was a military man that, that challenged me when I needed it. You know, it was about two weeks after my injury. I got an email from my commanding officer. He was still in Afghanistan, still fighting a war, and uh, I was in the hospital bed. And I open up this email on my iPad, and I read it, and it says, Hey, Eric, 
Let me know when you're going to run your first marathon. And I look at it, I'm, I read that, and just immediately I think to myself, what a jerk, you know? <laughs> Why would he say that? But he knew what I needed to hear to get inspired and to start moving forward. And at that point, I, I needed that. I, I, needed, I needed to hear that. And uh, that's when I set a goal to run an Ironman triathlon. And if you're not familiar with what an Ironman is, it's just a long day, all right? It's just a long day. You swim 2.4 miles, then you ride your bike 112 miles, and then you run a marathon, 26.2 miles. So um, you have 17 hours to finish. So I set, I set my goal at running this Ironman, uh, one, because I had to one-up that, that little marathon challenge. Uh, two, you know, I've always been a big fan of sports, and goals are important. And uh, it was cool. After I set that goal, man, so many people came into my life and into, into my story to support me and to help me out from my family to, to my friends, to people I've never met before, uh, a, lot of, a lot of veterans and veteran services. And it, was just, it was just so cool to, to feel that, to feel that love and, and to be pushed forward. And in the first year, I was able to do a couple shorter triathlons and a marathon. And then the next year, I got a phone call from an organization called Built with Chocolate Milk. Chocolate, anyone here like chocolate milk? I do. I love it. Yeah. They called me up. They said, hey, Eric, we see what you've been doing. Do you, we're putting together a team to go compete at the Ironman World Championships. you want to be a part of it? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, I do. That sounds awesome. The Ironman World Championships, and it's in Kona, Hawaii. So that's, that was really cool. And on my team was, was this guy, Heinz Ward. You guys know who Heinz Ward is? Yeah. Uh, it was cool. Uh, so I got to train with Heinz for eight months and, and hang out with him and race with him. It was a really cool experience. Uh, he's a little bit better of a football player than he is as an Ironman, but he did good. He did good. Uh, it, was, it was just such an amazing exp- experience. Uh, got some coaches, got the gear. And really the coolest thing is I got I got free chocolate milk for an entire year. Which is, Lupe appreciated that. Like we, we love chocolate milk. And I uh, built up and uh, you know, I remember when, when this was all happening, it's like, wow, all these amazing things are happening. And someone said, I think the stars have aligned for you. And I'm like, eh, no, I think this is, this is God. You know, God, his fingerprints was all over this and the people in my life and just the opportunities that he gave me. And I just kept going forward with it. And next thing I know, I'm uh, out in Kona, Hawaii. Building up to it, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot more stories involved there. But, but uh, get out to Hawaii and, and do this race. And the, the swim took an hour and nine minutes swimming through the uh, Pacific Ocean. And in my head, I was Michael Phelps. <laughs> That wasn't the case. I saw a video. Not, not, not good. I uh, finished the bike ride, five hours and like 45 minutes, and then I went and did the run. It was a long run. Has anyone here ever run a marathon before? Yeah, there we go. How about a 5K? <laughs> Has anyone went outside and ran around their block once? Yeah? All right, so you know the pain that I was in at that point. <laughs> Halfway through the marathon, it was hard. And there was, there was a time that I was actually sitting on the ground my prosthetic was off. I was out of energy. I was in pain. I only had a little over eight miles left, and I just wanted to quit. But a couple of things happened. One, I was, I was reminded that I was a Marine. Marines never quit. Uh, and uh, two, you know, I pulled strength from two places. <laughs> One was God. Uh, there's never a bad time to, to pray, right? And I sent a prayer his way. God, please help me get to this finish line. And uh, two, the people 
the people around me. I was out on that course by myself. Well, there's other racers, but it, like, it was an individual thing. But it was a team effort to get there. And I thought about all the people that did so much to get me to that point. And I was like, yes, I'm going to finish this. Maybe not for me, but, but for, for them. And I kind of got up and kept moving forward and eventually came across the finish line. And it was uh, just an amazing feeling. It took 11 hours and 54 minutes uh, we can't even put the emotions into words. It was such a cool accomplishment. And so I finished it. You know, I set a goal to run an Ironman, and I, I finished the Ironman. And then uh, right after that, I set another goal, and it was to become the fastest amputee to run an Ironman. And I've run seven of these stupid things now, <laughs> and I'm still not the fastest amputee to run an Ironman. <laughs> I'm giving it another shot next, next Sunday at this time in Arizona, so another Ironman. Uh, but it, it's been really cool. Crossing the finish line is awesome. Crossing the finish line of an Ironman is cool. It's an accomplishment. You have to work hard to get there. But I'll tell you what, even cooler uh, is just what, what God has done with with. With my, with my life and my story. And I, I remember clearly as I was transitioning out of the Marine Corps uh, without a leg, I, it was hard. It was hard. That transition out of the military is hard because, you know, part of me, I was like losing, I was losing purpose. I used to serve this purpose larger than myself and, and then like I felt like kind of a different person. And, and God really filled filled that void. And as I was going and doing this Iron Man, people thought it was cool that there's a guy on a prosthetic leg running, running these. And they started asking me to come and talk to their school and, and at their church and, and to their company. And before I knew it, you know, my prayer early on was, God, please help me find a way, like find something to do where I have purpose and where, where I can support my family. And this, this Iron Man thing, this was, this was kind of on the side. <laughs> but as I'm crossing this finish line, I realize I've had this opportunity to get on a stage and to share my story and to glorify God through it. And it's just, I just think it's so cool. That's an answered prayer that uh, I did not expect. I did not expect this. Uh, four years ago, eh, three years ago, I... I hated public speaking. <laughs> I was petrified. I never would want to do this at all. Like, this was definitely not my plan. This was not my plan. Uh, but, but God used this and his, his plan, and I'm just, I'm in it. I get to be part of, part of his story. So that's, that's what's um, very, very special for me. And I just definitely want to bring this back to, uh, to, to Veterans Day. Veterans Day. Now, I got to share to share some of my story, and man, you know, my story. There's just this is one, one, one little story, and there's so many other stories out there. And uh, yeah, you know, today, you know, if you have a member in your family, if you have a, have a neighbor that served in the military, just thank them for for their service. You know, what, what other piece of service that is? And there, there's a, a verse in John 15, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And I think about my story and the, all the men on the ground that were willing to lay down their life for me. That's special. Uh, and for me, like you know, when when I was deploying, I wanted to serve our country to to protect. You know, the, the future for our family, for my kids, for my, you know, my, my friends. And um, when I was over there, it's the person to your left and your right. That's who you're looking out for. Uh, and and that's, toxic, that's, that's sacrifice. That's sacrifice. And uh, the veterans in this room, the veterans in our lives, sacrifice a lot just by swearing to defend the Constitution of the United States and then by moving forward and doing it. 
And, and we look at that, and this is Jesus. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, uh, telling, telling them what real love looks like. And I think it's so cool because you know, I, I was willing to lay my life uh, down for, for my friends. Well, Jesus sacrificed his life. Jesus laid his life down for not only his friends, but for, for everyone, for me, for you, <laughs> for the good people, for the bad people. You know, that... that is the major sacrifice. And at the end of the day, it's so cool to have uh, an opportunity to be part, to be part of God's story. Uh, and so this weekend, I'm, you know, thank all of the veterans. I want to thank all the veterans. And um, yeah, I just want everyone to, to really see sacrifice. You know, our, our veterans sacrifice a lot. But um, Jesus, he, he, was, he was the ultimate sacrifice so that we can live in heaven with God. So I'm going to close us with, in prayer. Uh, if you would, please just uh, bow your heads with me. And um, I, man, I've just, I love my life. It's amazing. And I, and I love my life because, um, because G- Jesus is at the forefront. And I want everyone to, to feel that same love. And if, if there's someone in this room that, that feels the urge, you know, just, uh, I want you to, to pray, with, pray with me. Accept Jesus into your life. Let him be the forefront. Be, make that commitment. So, uh, dear God, we, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. Uh, we thank you for your love, for your forgiveness, for your grace, for, for, uh, for everything that, that, that you do. And uh, God, I, I cannot do this by myself. I cannot live through this, this life by myself. Um, it's, it's hard. And there's challenges. And uh, I need you. I need you to be, to be the strength. Um, I mess up. I mess up over and over again. You continue to forgive me. And, and I thank you for that. Uh, and God, I know that you sent Jesus to die for my sins, as a sacrifice for my sins. And because of that, um, and because he, he rose again uh, and defeated death, um, uh, I know that I can live with you in heaven for eternity. So God, I, I commit. I commit my life and I, I commit myself to, um, to you, to Jesus. And I do this in your name. Amen. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you, Eric McElvinney. What a great day. What a great day. What, what a great day, and as we close our service this morning, I'd like to honor all the veterans that are here this morning. So we're going to do this a little bit differently. If you served in the military in any way, we want you to come forward and join us down front this morning. We'd like to honor you, all the men and the women in the congregation that have served in our armed forces. Would you please join us down here? Let's honor our veterans this morning. Come on down, all over this place. Isn't this awesome? Look at this this morning, huh? 
If you, if you could just be seated for just a moment, what we'd like to do is, uh, Luke's going to come around and give you the microphone. What I'd like for you to do is just share your name, uh, the branch of the military you're in, maybe the years, uh, and anything like that. So let's, uh, let's go ahead, and we just want to honor you. We'll start down here. Let's start with our guest speaker today. We'll put him right next to his wife there, right? What number is the mic? Three. Three. Eric McElvenny, United States Marine Corps, seven years. Rachel McElvenny, United States Navy, 14 years. Anthony Vaccaro, United States Marine Corps, four years. Ashley Vaccaro, U.S. Army, five years. Karen Collier, U.S. Navy, 1980s, three years. Chad Stewart, U.S. Air Force, retired. Bill Mattis, uh, Four years in the United States Air Force. Gary Worgan, United States Navy, four years. Melinda Matter, Army National Guard, 12 years. Mike Baines, 1969, two years. John Connell, 68 and 69, Vietnam, 18th Military Police Brigade. Keller Lohman, Air Force, 1970 to 74, uh, Air Force, Vietnam. Andy Tater, uh, the Army, 1966 to 68, Vietnam. Tom Van Dyke, U.S. Navy, 72 to 75. Maurice Van Dyke, U.S. Navy, World War II, 1944. 46. Uh, Dave Maris, 9806 OIF. Army. Uh, Sean Adams, Army National Guard, six years. Jonathan Love, 1990-94, United States Marine Corps, Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Mark McCabe, U.S. Navy, 1980-1984. Mike Tadora, Army Reserve, eight years. Robert Kuzawinski, U.S. Army, two years. Wow, can we just thank our veterans this morning? We thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And our World War II veteran, let's thank him this morning. We thank you. Wow. Now, now, this is the kind of people I enjoy hanging out with in church, right? These guys are awesome. They have served. These men and women have served their country, and they are awesome citizens in our country, and we're so thankful that you're here today with us. Thank you so much for being here and for being a part of our family here at Crossroads. Um, As we close the service today, I'd like to also remember those that are currently serving or are about ready to be deployed. If you have a family member that is currently serving uh, or, or, or getting ready to deploy, would you come join us down front? We'd like to close with a prayer. Is there anybody? I know we have a few. We have Laura Rensel, 
our husband. Come on over here in the center here. I want, we, want to, we just want to pray for you guys. We have Jake, your son Jake. Come on here, and we went to the congregation to see you guys. And uh, I know we have, these are your sons and daughters and, and, uh, and children out there. So let's, uh, let's just honor the Lord this morning. We're going to close in prayer. And then upon amen, would you join me in singing God Bless America? All right? Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we lift up these families to you, Lord. There is this stage this morning is the line of sacrifice. Lord, we, have, we see so many families represented here that, that, uh, that paid a high sacrifice for their loved one to go serve. And Lord, this morning we're thinking of our, of our families here that have current deployments, Lord. Some are husbands, some are children, and they are, they're, they're, their loved one is out there now serving and about ready to be deployed to serve. God, we lift up their families to you. We, we, we thank you for these, these, uh, these families that are represented here, and I ask your protection upon them as they currently serve our country, Lord, as they're currently making sacrifices. And Lord, as we think of these, these women here this morning that have come to represent their families, as they think of their, their husband or their child that is serving, God, I just ask that uh, you'll put your hand of protection around their family, around their family member. And, uh, and Lord, we thank you for their sacrifice, for their family's sacrifice this morning, and for their sacrifice on the field. And Lord, for the men and women that have, st- that have been standing up here, that have, uh, that have come forward and said that I have served the country, and uh, I am a veteran, Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for them being here today. And we just ask, Lord, that uh, you will give us the, the strength to appreciate them, Lord, because they are wonderful people, and may they know truly that Crossroads cares. Crossroads loves our veterans, and we are so thankful for their sacrifice. We're thankful for them being good, uh, good citizens in our community today, and uh, Lord, we just ask that you'll, you'll take Eric's story, Lord, and use it in all of our lives. For this morning, we've heard the story of sacrifice, but reminded of the greatest story of sacrifice is when Jesus went to the cross. And you paid for our sins so that we may be free. So that we can be free to live with you forever and ever and ever. God, we thank you for the greatest freedom of all. We thank you that we could be united in Christ this morning here. God, we ask your blessing upon these folks. God bless America. Let's thank these folks one more time. God bless you. You are dismissed.